Hello and welcome to another Healthy Five. My name is Dr Ron Early. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I am recording this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Now this week's guest was a philosopher, psychologist, thinker, speaker, author, Trail, Dr. Trail Dowie. And Trail came to my office in Bronte in Sydney. And uh, this was an unusual episode for me because uh, most of the episodes, most of the interviews and podcasts that I've done over the years have been online. And as though we needed reminding, we certainly have been reminded during this pandemic that while it is nice to be able to communicate with people online, there's nothing quite like being face to face with in you know with another person and and the power of that interaction and the special how special it is to be in the presence of others i know that sounds like an obvious thing to say but it is so important and we are reminded of it and it's actually one of the reasons why this week's episode apart from covering a really wide range of topics was a lot longer than i normally had i mean i literally did just lose track of time and got absorbed in so many of the of the discussions we had and we covered a far ranging uh topics i mean we discussed uh, now trail came was introduced to me through mind medicine australia which is championing the use of psychedelic therapy which shows great promise in treating some very intractable uh, psychological problems like post-traumatic stress disorder and chronic depression. And, uh, you know, this dovetails into other episodes that I've done with Admiral Chris Barry on this topic as well from a different perspective and uh, Nigel Denning, integrative psychologist Nigel Denning. Now, Nigel and Trail are co-directors of Mind Medicine Institute, which has been set up to train health practitioners in the use of psychedelic therapies and why a more integrative and holistic approach and team approach is so important. So we covered a wide range of topics. Of course, we touched on lessons from the past and we talked a lot about Indigenous knowledge, which again dovetailed into a wonderful discussion I had recently with uh, Tyson Yonkaputa, author of Sand Talk, How Indigenous Knowledge Can Change or Save the World. And this is a theme that I have been interested in for a great deal of my professional life, but we're certainly going to be focusing on it more in this year uh, or in the coming time on my podcast. We have so much to learn from Indigenous cultures, and, um, and that's what I'm keen to explore. Uh, we also touched on education, and uh, and it's another interesting theme. See, this is what holistic is all about. It's the way Indigenous knowledge and education and health and politics. We talked about education as a political uh, instrument, and I loved Trail's, uh, Trail uses the term catching on fire with education. And again, this dovetails into another episode I did with the wonderful Professor Passy Salberg, uh, the Finnish Professor of Education, who is now based at the University of New South Wales. And that was a wonderful conversation. And we talked about the six C's of, uh, of an education system uh, preparing us for the 21st century. Uh, and those six C's are... Critical thinking, boy, 
Do we need that in this day and age? Collaboration, what a wonderful idea. Creativity, curiosity, compassion and communication. Six C's of education. Unfortunately, our education system seems to focus on conformity and competition, which reinforces the political narrative. We touch on that word narrative as well. And I make the point that I used to think narrative was a description of a story. Uh, what we are now seeing is that actually narrative is the news. And to regular listeners, you will know that I am now no longer referring to outlets such as the Sydney Morning Herald, the Australian, the Guardian, you name it. These are media outlets, not news outlets. Um, and so this idea of uh, conformity and competition are reinforced, not just in our education system, not just in our media outlets, but in our everyday life. And yet Trail and I talk about what has set humans, us, homo sapiens apart and made us as successful as we are. And that is our ability to collaborate, to communicate, to think creatively, our curiosity, our ability as humans to co-regulate, which is what made our face-to-face -face interview so special because sitting in the same room, you realise how as humans we co-regulate all the time, looking at facial expressions, looking at body language, listening to tone and seeing how that impacts on us on a neurological basis uh, and on a human basis and how great things can come from those collaborative, creative and communicative experiences. Another aspect we touch on is evolution because I'm, uh, to regular listeners, uh, you will have heard me say that uh, it came as a surprise to me when I thought of evolution as also a political statement. And, um, and that is reinforced with the, the idea of survival of the fittest and the selfish gene, which dovetail very nicely into a capitalist and in particular a neoliberalist approach to uh, politics and economy, uh, this uh, competition, this uh, struggle for the survival of the fittest. Well, that's one way of looking at evolution. Another way of looking at evolution is that something quite remarkable happened after a few billion years where the world was dominated by single cell organism. And that wonderful thing that happened was the two cells came together and started to form multicellular organisms. And they, the, the power of multicellular organisms to work collaboratively to make an organism more advanced, more powerful, more, more, um, a, a more able to adapt uh, is a really profound part of the evolutionary process. And then when you think about the human body and how the 40 or 50 trillion cells in each and every one of our bodies collaborates and communicates, you start to realise that um, actually collaboration, synergism, collaboration is really a very powerful way of looking at evolution as well. And while we are constantly bombarded by how, God, if humans were given a chance, they'd just kill each other or look what's going on in the Ukraine. And I think what we are realising is that our world is dominated by figures, individuals and groups of individuals which have a disproportionate power over the masses. 
And I am a believer that the vast majority of people really want the best for them, their family, their community, and, and uh, most people want that. And yet uh, our, our, the narrative or so-called news is constantly being hijacked to set an agenda of confrontation, of aggression, of dog-eat-dog -dog world. And ultimately, I think underneath all of this, this isn't about a conspiracy theory. This is just a business model. And if you had to characterise what this last 40 or 50 years of, of human history has about, is about, you could put a heading over it called neoliberalism. You could say that this has been one big business model and the evidence is in how wealth has been distributed disproportionately now more than ever before. So there we were. Evolution and education were, were some things we touched on. We talked a lot about the current focus on the individual, uh, the work of Jonathan Haidt, who wrote some wonderful books, one of which, The Coddling of the American Mind, outlined how the focus on the individual and social media have had profound impacts on mental health, which is significant when we talk about trauma or psychotherapy and psychological problems. And mental health is obviously a huge and growing problem. And then we get on to the subject of ignorance. And ignorance is something that I think is a subject well worth pursuing because ignorance can be a powerful force for learning. And I've often said that uh, I practice ignorance regularly. You know, I realize the more and more I learn, the more and more I realize I don't know. I am aware of my own ignorance. And so a thirst for knowledge is, um, is something that I find really stimulating. And I'm in this incredible position to have this podcast where each and every week I get to invite people in varying areas, all interconnected, that know much more about their subject than I do, and I get to ask them questions and they answer them, and my ignorance is, is improved because I learn from that. Now, another way of approaching ignorance is through ego, arrogance, and hubris. And sadly, the so-called experts which have been leading us on through this pandemic um, are displaying an ignorance which, in my opinion, is breathtaking, and the underlying force behind that ignorance is their own ego, arrogance, and hubris. And I say hubris because when that ego and arrogant starts to direct public health policy, then that starts to cost lives. And look, the way this pandemic has been handled, I think I'm up to now 10 Ps of the pandemic. For any of you that want to go back and listen to some other healthy bites, uh, on that subject, uh, isn't that interesting? I've got the six C's of, of um, six C's of education. Well, here are the the ten P's of pandemic, and off the top of my head, I will list them. Uh, I think the order of the first eight or nine uh, you could open up for discussion, but the the order of the last P is almost indisputable. Um, they are power. What is it? Power politics patent, polarisation. I've added professors in there. They are the so-called experts. Peer pressure, uh, psychosis, a subject we touch on. And, and then the last one is uh, public health. And I do mean that is the last one. And so the ignorance that it is, is displayed, and let me give you one example of ignorance. You know, when this pandemic started, I was president of the Australasian College of Nutritional 
and Environmental Medicine. And together with its founder and ambassador, Professor Ian Brighthope, Ian drafted up a letter to every health minister in Australia, every health um, chief medical officer, the AMA, the NHMRC, and the TGA, and listed so many references in referee journals outlining why simple interventions like vitamin D uh, vitamin C, zinc and magnesium would be baseline um, supplements that should be given particularly to vulnerable people because we know people in aged care are deficient, as are the vast majority of the population deficient in vitamin D. And vitamin D is an incredibly important uh, supplement. And, and there was actually a 2013 article, just to, just to name one, 2013 article in the Journal of Endocrinology, which pointed out that in ICU, in intensive care units, which really was the coalface of COVID in the early days, 40, between 40 and 70% of people admitted to ICU units had a serious deficiency in vitamin D, which has incredibly important antimicrobial immune function uh, ability. And that was a 2013 article. Now, there was a 2021 article reviewing ICU admissions and deaths and hospitalisation um, that was another in another referee journal which showed that vitamin D deficiency was a common denominator in the vast majority of people who were hospitalised and died. Now, I use this as a simple and only one tiny example of the ignorance of so-called experts, which is why I've included P, another P in my pandemic for professors, because the ignorance of these people is actually quite breathtaking. And ignorance is fine. You know, we all suffer from ignorance. And I willingly admit mine is, I, I, I do too. But when ignorance is connected with ego, arrogance and hubris, and it informs public health policy, we have a serious problem as we do. The fact that you have probably not read a single thing or heard from any public health official that vitamin D is critical to this pandemic, not to mention chronic disease, of which is ubiquitous in our society. And what's even more frustrating is that we got a response to that letter uh, from the TGA saying, there is insufficient evidence to show the influence of vitamin D on viral infections such as COVID. And yet, another P I may have forgotten to mention, when patented drugs are introduced, things like resdemivir or molnupiravir, and the research is provided by Big Pharma, which, as we've heard, if you're a regular listener, Big Pharma has repeatedly been found guilty over the last 20 years of illegal marketing and fraud. So Big Pharma provide the TGA with one or two references and molnupiravir and these patented drugs are rushed to market, but there's insufficient evidence to show vitamin D. And this is what I'm talking about with ignorance, arrogance and hubris. Breathtaking. Anyway, so this uh, whole discussion I had this week touched on many, many subjects. It was a much longer podcast than I normally do, but it was a really interesting one. We talked about intellectual humility. We talked about epistemic 
humility as well, and how we apply both of those principles to uh, this pandemic and general health of our of our communities. Um, look, uh, another theme I'm really looking forward to exploring is the so social psychology behind this pandemic, and I've got some great guests lined up over the next few weeks and months, so do stay tuned. Do leave us some reviews. I always forget to remind you, but go on to the iTunes and, and leave us some reviews. We've got some really exciting um, things. We are event. We are about to launch our Unstressed 21-Day Program. Very exciting. And a whole subscription that will uh, create a community of, uh, of like-minded people because we definitely need to connect. I hope this finds you well. Until next time, this is Dr. Ron Ehrlich. This podcast provides general information and discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice or as a substitute for care by a qualified medical practitioner. If you or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately qualified medical practitioner. Guests who speak in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions.